Welcome to D3 Nation, now don't you change the station Oh Lord knows it has just begun We're talking all the motivation from years of dedication Discovering who's number one The fight is never done You gotta dig down inside for who you're destined to be The war is never won So talk it out with your host, Gennaro and Anthony Today's episode features West Point Associate Head Coach Ned Shuck. Coach Shuck has been with the Knights since 2018. After wrapping up his competitive career, he went on to start his coaching career at the high school level in Minnesota, his home state. From there, he moved to the college ranks, coaching at Augsburg, Heidelberg, and University Wisconsin-Whitewater. This conversation was a lot of fun and is a great example of always striving to be the best in every area of your life. Good things happen when you do that. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of D3 Nation, a college wrestling podcast. And we're very excited to have on associate head coach from West Point Army, Coach Ned Shuck. Coach, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Right now, uh, going into your third season now at Army, um, but you have a lot of D3 connections. So um, awesome to have have you on here and, and talk about the different perspectives that you had from being an athlete uh, and also coaching. So as we get going here, let's just talk about, talk about West Point a little bit. How's everything going on there? Obviously, colleges and college wrestling is in a very weird state. So just fill us on that situation up, up there. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk some D3 wrestling and talk a little bit what we got going on here, too. But uh, well, ultimately, uh, things are moving forward. We're doing a great job right now with uh, with everything. Um, guys are getting back into action in terms of wrestling. We've had to do a lot of protocols that will, you know, um, make sure that, uh, hey, we're, we're being safe with everything that we're doing. And so there's been a lot of steps, a lot of measures taken to, to make sure that we're doing that. But ultimately, um, yeah, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we're, we're not being a part of the problem or being a part of the solution. Right. And so, uh, but we've been able to get back in action. Uh, we had some no contact time where, you know, Hey, we're doing a lot of, uh, you know, stance and motion type activities, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, strength and conditioning, you know, more of a focus on that. And, and now we're into the phase where we can, we can hit the mat with our, within our pods and, and, um, uh, and start training a little bit more uh, with contact with our guys. So we're excited with that, um, knowing that, hey, they can they can get back at it. And, yeah, their smiling faces, are, you know, kind of say it all. So it's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure definitely excited to, uh, to get back into the swing of things and try and get back to normal as possible. Um, yeah. Great. So now let's, uh, let's talk about the kind of beginning of your wrestling story. Uh, you competed at, at Iowa. Um, and uh, so did you grow up in the Midwest? Like how – did you always wrestle for a Big Ten school? So, yeah, I grew up in Minnesota, uh, about about an hour from the Iowa border, a real small town, uh, Mapleton, Minnesota, about 1,500 people. So, um, you know, I didn't, growing up, I, did, I didn't know where I was going to, was going to wrestle, you know, and I happened to find out about the program and, and went to some camps there and kind of fell in love with it. And so, ended up going to Iowa, but yeah, I didn't know, hey, I was absolutely going to go Big Ten or, or this or that. Um, it was a, it was a unique experience, but uh 
but yeah, I, I love the love the Midwest. Love my time there. Spent most of my most of my life uh, before coming out here to West Point. Great. So, cool. so once you wrap up uh, your career at Iowa, um, did you did you think that you were going to get into coaching right away, or what was your original uh, career path that you were thinking about? Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, I'll tell you just a quick story about, you know, a little bit about how kind of naive I was maybe at the time of what college really meant. You know, I thought going to wrestling camps, I'd seen the campus, you know, for the last five years, you know, down there that that was it. And and uh, I was like, I don't need, really need to go to the orientation because I know where everything's at, you know. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, nobody in my family ever went to college and so I wasn't having a lot of people you know mentor me that way and my my wrestling coaches probably just thought I, I already knew what was going on you know and I was kind of on top of things so they probably didn't you know really uh chime in with much but ultimately uh I showed up at my registrar meeting for Iowa so I was like hey, I'm just gonna you know in my mind I'm gonna coach I actually started coaching younger I'll kind of talk about that too but um, I'm like, I'm going to coach and I'm going to teach, you know, physical education, health, you know, that was going to be my career path and really felt like after I'm done, I'm going to be a high school coach and, you know, bring, bring, uh, bring a high school team from wherever they're at to the top program in the country. That was just my mindset, mm-hmm. you know, even going in as a freshman that I knew I wanted to be a high school coach. And so uh, I sit down with my registrar and I'm like, uh, Hey, I think I need to sign up for like classes. You know, I was a walk on Iowa, so I wasn't getting, you know, I wasn't getting <laughs> taken through that process either. And, and they're like, okay, um, you know, and they're like, what major are you looking at? I said, oh, I want to be a, you know, physical education, you know, uh, major. I want to be a fire teacher and and health. And like, oh, we don't have that here. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I'm like, you're a Big Ten school, and you don't have, you know, but in my mind, I was, uh, you know, it was just, it was wrestling, and and I just, I'd assumed incorrectly, obviously, um, but I end up choosing elementary education uh, and really enjoying that, like. Well, really enjoying that pursuit and end up working out well for me and end up teaching right away out of uh, out of college. But but ultimately, I did I did know I was going to coach. I, I knew I was going to coach. Um, just my my uh, high school coaches had a huge impact on me. Um, the people around me, wrestling was a thing that you know you, you've heard that probably before. Wrestling saved you know my life with this or that, right? Um, I, I really that was really true in my life and that they they had a huge impact on me and i just saw what they were doing in my life and knew that i wanted to do the same for others you know um so i i started uh, in minnesota you can actually wrestle on you know in uh your high school events and started in seventh grade and so mm-hmm. uh as soon as i graduated out of our youth program um i you know and i was in seventh grade starting to wrestle for our varsity program i started coaching with the youth program you know, helping out my, my high school coach at the time was also the youth, you know, youth coach running those. And so I knew I was going to keep coaching. Uh, I coached with the youth all the way throughout and um, I just absolutely loved it and talked with them a lot about coaching and what, you know, I was doing. And obviously they mentored me in a lot of ways, um, not just, you know, as a, as a man, but also in, in the coaching and, and my pursuit for that. So I knew I was going to be a coach and uh, yeah, just, it didn't quite, play out the way I thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, my first job was out of, uh, out of college was a uh, high school coaching position. Uh, so I coached uh, high school for four years before getting into college. Awesome. So did you, did you, did you go back home and coach it, like that hometown or did you go somewhere else uh, in Minnesota? Yeah. So I went, uh, I went back, uh, not to, not to my hometown, but a suburb, Southwest suburb of Minneapolis called Chaska. Okay. okay. So, cool. um, 
had a really cool opportunity there um, to actually teach. I ended up teaching special education. That was my kind of my minor licensure focus. And so I actually taught at that school for six years. So part of my time when I was working at Augsburg as well, I was still teaching there, but gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a really cool school, kind of an up and coming, really a lot of growth happening amongst the school district and end up splitting right after my time when I left into two different high schools. Um, but it was, it was really cool, man. I just, I, I loved it. And I really, even during that time, I thought I was going to be a coach in high school and I was building that right. program. I'd set out to do to be the top program in the country and, and yeah. don't get me wrong we I mean we were we weren't close within that four years to be in the top yeah. program in the country but we were climbing and we were climbing really fast and had some really uh had some really successful kids you know and probably our biggest highlight out of my time there and I was obviously very grateful to to have some great people on my staff as well but Mike Houck was a uh you know USA's you know first Greco world champion and uh he happened to be you know, uh, you know, on my coaching staff and, uh, that's awesome. You know, that worked out phenomenal and, and really, you know, really kind of expanded my Greco experience too. And, uh, we were able to, to work with Pat Smith, who has now made a couple of Greco world teams. Well, that was the high school he's from the same high school as Andy Bezik as well. So Andy had just graduated that high school wow. right before I came in. So yeah, kind a lot of, of good Greco kind of, guys. Yeah. A lot, yeah, yeah. A lot of good Greco guys there. Wow. That's sweet. So, you said, you know, you got right into teaching and coaching um, after you followed up your career at Iowa. When did you make the jump then back into college? Like, were you having that success at the high school level and, you know, people started noticing you or like you were just like, I got to make a career change move. Like, I want to go just, you know, be a full-time coach at the college level. Yeah, so I think, you know, you've probably talked to a, a lot of coaches about, you know, some of their struggles and what things that they don't necessarily enjoy about the coaching experience and some of that. And so it was, it was a combination of both. I did have some opportunities to, you know, and with Augsburg the year before, um, hopping mm -hmm. in there and just through working with the Minnesota Storm stuff, had some opportunity to meet some of those guys and some of the, the college coaches. And, okay. um, but I really just decided, it's really felt at the time I was supposed to be coaching high school and, and I really enjoyed working with Mike uh, Hulk a lot. And so, had some great things going there, decided to stay. And then, you know, literally the, the next years were, you know, I got to experience some of the, uh, the things that aren't so pleasant sometimes about coaching. You know, we had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, impactful people that were, you know, influential within the, within the school district. And, you know, a couple of people got upset, a couple of parents got upset um, about, you know, if, them not getting what they wanted. And, and um, it was just, uh, it ended up being a little bit, uh, rougher year because of you know some of the things going off even though it was our most successful year on the mat you know by yeah. fall um but uh that happened and you know ended up um uh, you know being being asked to say hey you know we're going to move in a different direction and then okay you know we, we could do a whole another podcast about that and how they asked me to come back in august and you know, at that time it was you know i had an opportunity to go coach at augsburg and I was really excited about that um, throughout that whole experience. Just kind of let them know, hey man, if you're still interested, I'd I'd love to love to be a part of your program. And Mark Matzik was the head coach, you know, at that time. But uh, you know, they had just a phenomenal staff amongst them that you know yeah. I got to get to know Jim Mosloff, who's now the the head coach there. Um, I work with him a lot through the Minnesota Storm stuff and. Cool. And, uh, and so I got a chance to meet meet with him, and then you know, getting to know guys like Jared Evans. Um, you know, and there was a ton of guys, Fisher, Clausen. I mean, they just, you know, I think that's one of the, 
the reasons they've had the success that they have is you know their staff has just been always been phenomenal and so yeah it was really exciting for me to be a part of that and uh you know and just kind of branch out and do something different even though man i was i was i was uh i, I was hurting because i wanted to work with mike a little bit more and yeah and keep what we had going but um but it was a really cool opportunity at augsburg yeah you know it's funny you say that like i actually coached uh middle school football uh for a few years like on just on the yeah. side and you know at the high school middle school level this is you know a lot of drama and you know, politics and sometimes yep. just coaching at that level, it's just not enjoyable. That's why a lot of people try to get in the college level because you don't deal with that, the politics and the parents really, those, that's usually like the big things. So, um, you know, but one door closes, another door opens and you have a great opportunity at right. Augsburg, one of the premier D3 programs uh, in the country. Um, you know, you kind of hit on some of those points uh, you working with, a great staff. Did you feel like you, you want to make another change from there or were you pretty comfortable at Augsburg? Like how, how were you moving forward in your coaching career from there? Yeah. So um, it, it took me about one day, you know, being in the practice room for me to decide this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it was really cool that way for a moment. Cause like I said, it was, you know, it was tough, you know, going through that. And then, stepping in the practice room, it was literally day one. I just remember thinking to myself, man, this is, this is everything that, you know, it's, it's such a perfect fit for who I am and, and what I'm about and my skill set and what I have in, in terms of being able to provide value for a program. And so from that regard, that was really exciting. Um, just knowing that, Hey, I, this is really what I want to be. And, and so there was just, you know, again, kind of diving in every way I, I possibly could to, um, you know, expand myself as a coach and, and help the program out. And, uh, you know, so it was a great time. Um, like I said, had some great people around me and some great athletes to work with and uh, some great kids just to, to uh, you know, grind with every day. And I was doing a lot more wrestling back then, uh, you know, but uh, that, so that was great too. Um, but ultimately, you know, it, re it really was a cool experience and obviously having having a lot of success makes that experience a little bit easier too, you know, when you're, when you're yeah. kicking, you know, that's, yeah. that's fun. So that was, you know, not necessarily by any means, uh, you know, Hey, I, I stepped in all of a sudden they started winning. I mean, they've been winning for a while, you know, for a while <laughs> right. before right. I came, you know, so I was just, you know, I was really grateful to be a part of it and, and, uh, and yeah, just really start interacting with everybody on that level. But once I stepped into there, I was, I knew that I'd probably never go back to college or high school coaching again, just because yeah. college was a great fit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you, you know, you, like you said, great experience. Um, you took a lot away from being part of that staff. You learned a lot. You know, obviously, like I said, working at one of the premier programs in D3, you know, you just gain a lot of experience. You, you're exposed to a lot. You know, you kind of see how a program should be run. And then next thing you know, your next collegiate coaching stop uh, is at Heidelberg. How did, how did that come about? Because Augsburg and Heidelberg, you know, they're not next door neighbors. So it was, pro it was yeah. a big, uh, a big move. <laughs> yeah. So making the move to Tiffin, Ohio was a big move. Cause I, you know, I've been in the Midwest, you know, Minnesota, Iowa, and that's it my whole life. Okay. And so making the jump to Ohio, you know, I think for a lot of people probably would have been a big deal for me. It was just, you know, this is what I feel like I'm being called to do, you know? Um, 
Yeah, I was, I was really hoping when I, when I got my first gig that, you know, Heidelberg, I'd just make a battle of the Bergs and, you know, kind of hop in the Augsburg-Wartburg uh, battle. Right. Just throw another one there. They didn't quite want, they weren't quite ready for that yet. So, <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to, they didn't want to make that duel happen. But I, I said, hey, my guy's ready. We'll be ready, you know. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, um, it was a, it was a cool opportunity for me. It was just my couple years at Augsburg just kind of, you know, for me, reiterate like, I, I really want to lead, I really want to lead a program and I want to be a head coach. And uh, I think the skill set that I had was, you know, uh, one that was going to help whatever program I was a part of or whatever program I was leading to, to really jump another level. And, and so, you know, the reality is there's just not, at that time, there wasn't a lot of opportunities out there, you know, um, I'd actually reached out to a couple other, um, you know, coaches too, just on the division one level as an assistant level. Uh-huh. You know, at that time, I mean, didn't even, didn't even get a phone call back. You know, I reached out to one of the premier division two schools and didn't get a phone call back, you know. And so, and uh, when I went there, I got on campus and got a chance to meet some of the people. And I'm like, okay, this is totally different than Augsburg. Um, but, you know, I really walked away from the interview thinking, hey, we can win a lot here. We can do a lot of winning here. Uh-huh. And uh, then thankfully they offered me the job and, you know, I jumped all in and, you know, we got out there as soon as we, as soon as we could and, and got to work. So it was a, it was a really cool, really cool time just because there's a lot of change for our family. My, my youngest son was, you know, maybe a year at the time, year old at the time. And, and uh, yeah. so, it, yeah, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you make the move to Ohio and uh, what, what kind of state was the Heidelberg program in when you were taking over? Obviously, we know that OAC is a very, very competitive conference. Mount Union, Baldwin-Wallace, Ohio yeah. Northern was very good during those times. So what, what were you taking over? And obviously, you have that vision that you want to bring it to the next level. So just talk about that, those early days there. Yeah, I think, you know, anytime you probably, you know, hear people transition to a program, you're trying to put your stamp on things, right? You're trying to create the culture that you want and you know it was it was kind of a, a a good opportunity for me to do that walking into it there had been a longtime coach uh there it was still around um uh you know uh, actually still coaching volleyball and I think later kind of got into admissions as well I'm not sure if that was right at that time or not but but uh he was still around but uh before that the the coach was only there for a year and so um, when, you know, anytime you have a quick turnaround like that, where you have one coach and then the next one is only there for a year and then moving into, uh, you know, me coming in, it was good opportunity for me to change the culture because there had already been enough, there had already been transition, right? There had already been a significant amount of transition that happened. And so I think that actually worked to our advantage that way, um, just because of that. And so I was walking into, I had some good kids, man. I had some, said some really, uh, really good kids on the team. Uh, not just good people, but some, you know, some hammers on the mat too. And so guys that I knew that I could develop, you know, I probably walked in, I thought I was going to get about 40 guys, which I was like, wow, dang, that's going to be great. And I'd probably end up with like 25 or so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. D3 recruiting is a little different for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was good. You know, we probably finished, to be honest with you, we finished the season probably with 13 of those guys my first wow. year there. And that's, you know, that's really without me. You know, I'm not a huge believer in kicking guys off the team, um, you know, and so it's something like that, for something like that to happen, there's got to be a, a really significant issue going on. But, um, you know, so I didn't really kick anybody off the team either. And it was just part of, hey, this is what we're doing. 
and changing that and changing the expectations, changing what uh, our mentality was. And, you know, I don't know a lot about what it was before. And it really didn't matter to me as it was just like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is the way I know the way to excellence. I can get you guys there, you know, and just believing that. And the guys jumped on, man. They, even the guys that were like, ah, they jumped on for as long as they could. And then maybe they don't, you know, maybe they didn't want to quite go through all that. But, um, you know, we almost won the conference that year. I mean, we were literally one match away from winning the conference my first year coming in. And so awesome. that was uh, that was really exciting, and and uh, um, you know it's it's uh, it was a good time. And that next year, I think we brought in you know thirty three recruits that next recruiting class, and and that was like that was really where the big culture change happened because these were all the guys that I'm recruiting with that mentality coming in, as opposed to coming in and saying, "Hey, hey, this is how we're going to do things." So um, that was a another huge shift for the program, no doubt. Yeah, awesome. And it just seems like every year you guys as a program continue to grow, continue to grow. And then, um, you know, where then you start winning the conference. So uh, talk about, you know, you, you finished up getting back-to-back -back OAC titles there in your, your, in your final years. Um, but just talk about that first conference title and like what it meant to you and, and the program and just seeing how far it's come in such a short amount of time. Yeah, it was important. Um, it was definitely important. That's, that's like always, you know, that first measure of, you know, performance success, right? Obviously, there's a lot of other things you, you measure your success on and what's happened in your program, but performance is, you know, what, what's the easy measurable thing that everybody can see and as you know, is public out there for everybody. And so for our guys to have that sense of accomplishment and, you know, have that before, because in the past, they, you know, Heidelberg had won some conference titles. Um, so it wasn't like incredibly foreign and that, you know, uh, that was like the first time we did it or anything like that. It wasn't anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was cool for our guys to be able to celebrate that and, uh, and then get, you know, Hey, get right into, all right, Hey, we've got national tournament coming up. But I mean, that focus, to be honest with you, part of the expectation was, you know, it was just like a known, yeah, we're going to win the conference guys. You know, we're, we're going to win the conference. We're, we're, that will be our first step when nothing will ever overlook especially like you said, there were some, their teams there were tough then, during that time for sure. Mm -hmm. you know, was, there were some hard battles, um, but it, you know, we were looking beyond too, in terms of we're not just shooting to win the conference are going to be happy with it, you know? So um, I think that was a big part of, you know, why we continue to have the, you know, success and, and continue to climb, no doubt. Yeah. And kind of like uh, before we get into your next transition here uh, during your coaching career, I just like to ask you, you know, I'm sure for you to see uh, the Heidelberg coaching tree. I feel like there's a lot of a lot of former wrestlers that you coached um, that obviously really enjoyed the sport. Maybe that's why the program, because they were very invested. But what does that mean to you, seeing so many of your athletes still involved with the sport and, and giving back? Yeah, man, there's nothing, there's nothing, no better feeling. There really isn't. I mean, it's that's like one of my, you know, my proudest you know, accomplishments, if you will, is to look back at the guys that I've coached, like you said, have fallen in love with the sport or continued that love and passion that they had, you know, when I got the opportunity to work with them and are now giving back to programs and, and seeing what they're doing and how they're climbing and building them. And so um, that's a big goal of mine. I want to, I want to continue to create coaches that, you know, uh, are, you know, have a similar mentality in terms of expectations and how they care for their athletes and, uh, and then winning. Right. And so um, the guys are, are, are definitely continuing to climb. And, and we got guys out there at the college level and the high school level that are doing great things. And, 
it's just really cool to see. And uh, it's great to, you know, kind of, you know, step in at a little bit in a mentor role at times when, you know, hey, if I can provide a little bit something for them here or there to, to help them take their program to the next level or, or work with the situation or how to handle a certain situation, that's a lot of fun for me. Um, I, I really enjoy that part. Yeah, I mean, just like Andy said, you know, definitely know a lot. The Heidelberg coaching tree is uh, pretty impressive. And like Andy said, that's probably why you had those successful programs because you had the guys invested. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, the Battle of the Bergs. You know, obviously it wasn't Augsburg and Warburg, but Waynesburg and Heidelberg had some pretty good uh, competitions yeah. against each other, you know, either between duels or, you know, you guys coming to our tournament review time and, just as a student athlete and a coach, I just remember your program uh, still today, you know, um, the coaches that took over, you know, they're always in shape, they're tough, they're gritty, and, you know, they're going to get after you. And just yeah. like you and Anthony were hitting on the OAC, like anytime you compete against an OAC team, you know, you're going to be in for a fight. You know, it's a good conference. There's a lot of good athletes that uh, get attracted to that conference, uh, you know, between Ohio, you know, you're on the border of PA. So, it's just good to see that. And, you know, I just remember those battles and, you know, you did, you did a really good job uh, running that program. So um, moving into uh, the next transition though, like I said earlier, Augsburg and uh, Heidelberg weren't around the block. You actually moved back out to the Midwest. You take over uh, Wisconsin Whitewater at the time was top five program. You know, they, they, they were, building on something really special. I'm pretty sure – I don't know if it was the year before you took over or two years before. I think they were national runner-ups at yep. National Duels. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. At National Duels and at um, uh, the tournament, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so they took uh, – yeah, second at the tournament. And actually, in Coach Shuck's first year, that's when they competed against Wartburg in the National Duels. Okay, yeah, and, you know – so just talk about that move, taking over that program. You know, did you feel a lot of pressure that like, hey, I'm stepping into a great opportunity. You know, we got to win now and just keep building on it. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot of success that happened before, no doubt. Not just the year before, but I mean, it really had a storied history, um, you know, going going way back. I mean, the, the program had been around for a long time and and so from that regard, it was really cool to, uh, yeah, step in with having some guys that have had been there, you know, and, and, and experienced that, what, you know, really what we were, we were on our way to doing at Heidelberg. Um, in terms of like pressure, like uh, maybe I'm a little bit different, a little bit weird that way. I just never really felt that. Um, okay. That was, it just kind of matched. It matched yeah. my expectations, you know. I remember in the interview, you know, meeting with uh, guys on, on the team, um, having an opportunity to meet with a few of them and um, them being able to kind of see that expectation right away. Yeah. Um, you know, that was one of the things that they commented on is, you know, I, I think I provided something for them, um, you know, just put in front of them a little bit and, you know, and, and the big thing on there was, you know, national championship and yeah. uh, they saw his performance. And that, I think that was something where they're like, okay, Hey, they, 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 uh, they could uh, connect with that. That was something mm -hmm. that they were shooting for and they wanted to see. Um, yeah. And so uh, that, that was important for them. And, you know, ultimately, um, you know, the pressure side of things, I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I put pressure on myself to, 
to do things right and yeah. to work really hard and to be diligent what we're doing and prepare my guys, you know, but um, at the end of the, at the end of the road, no matter what happens in terms of the outcome of the performance, I just feel like we're going to lay it all out there. You know, if, yeah. if we, if we get it awesome, we'll be able to celebrate at that time and then we'll get right back to work, you know, but it's that, that's that process. That's, it's incredibly fun to, to do and pursue and, you know, and then, hey, when that when that one day out of the year happens, you know, when that national championship happens and we're on the top or we're not, you know, nothing really changes the next time after that is, hey, we're right uh-huh. back. We're right back to work, getting to where we need to be. And so, you know, and if it comes to a point where, you know, hey, I didn't accomplish something, I, I don't I don't ever really like put myself in a position where I'm fearing like, hey, what's my boss going to think? Right. Or, you know, I have, we had a lot of support. Um you know, yeah. from, from administration, they, they wanted us to do really well. They liked wrestling. So things were good there, but yeah. um, I guess that, that fear mindset of which I would, I would equate to pressure. I never really, you know, latched onto it at all. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you had a lot of support. Wisconsin white were not just wrestling wise. Um, they as a whole athletic department had a lot of success on the national level. I think actually one year, like I think their football, basketball, and baseball won national titles like the trifecta, you know, trifecta. you know, right. and then wrestling, uh, you know, obviously really good things happening. Coach Fader was doing a great job building that program up. So you coming in there, like it, the biggest thing coming into a new program, you have to like, you know, sometimes build a culture, recruit your own guys, you know, yeah. that stability was there. So I'm sure that was huge for you, especially in the interview process. Like, Hey, this is a great opportunity. You know, I know I'm doing great things at Heidelberg, but it's a tough opportunity to pass up on. Yeah, no doubt. It was it was kind of funny because I was working with uh, I think I was working with Ohio national team back in the day. And uh, my wife and I were going to kind of make a trip out of going out to Fargo. And we're like she was kind of coming back through and, and our families are both still in Minnesota. And so we're like, have hey, you know, hearing some great things about this Whitewater school. Let's let's swing. It's like right off the highway. Let's like let's swing yeah. in there it out so we actually the year before I got the job we actually swung in and went around campus and walked around campus a little bit and checked out facilities and things like that so um, it was kind of unique that you know the next year you know that job opened up and and we got that but but yeah there's a lot of success like you said with you know all the all the different programs and that was something that was really appealing to me Mm -hmm. to see that for the athletic department as a whole they wanted to win and um, and so that was that was huge yeah for sure um, and then, you know, just, just going off that, uh, before Anthony moves on to, you know, your highlights, uh, coaching at Whitewater, uh, we actually, we're actually a lot really good friends with a lot of guy guys that you coach from Wisconsin Whitewater because there was a connection there. We worked with them, uh, at the Naval Academy. So, you know, we're pretty familiar with, you know, that whole process, the coaching change and, those guys they are great group of guys, you know, definitely each of them have their own certain personalities. So uh, I'm sure, you know, moving into that, that situation, uh, you know, you had to adjust a little bit to, you know, get to know, cause a lot of, I pretty, a lot of those guys were seniors when you went your first year, correct? Yeah, we had definitely had some upperclassmen um, in the mix. I, I'm not sure exactly, you know, how many seniors or whatever we had, but yeah, you're 100% correct on the different personalities, just like any wrestling team. You know, but I think what was unique about these guys is um, they had they had won. You know, uh, they definitely loved their their previous coach that was mm-hmm. with them, and so there, and there was a culture change. Um, probably not as much in terms of like expectations, in terms of like 
performance wise. Um, right. But there's definitely a change in how to how to go about doing it, as you'd expect yeah. with any any coaching change, right? But yeah, for sure. You know, I, think the, I think the biggest one that they had a hard time with, you know, and, and probably a lot of people had a hard time with, was, you know, my expectation that I, I brought to Heidelberg and, you know, and to Whitewater was, hey, no alcohol. You yeah. Know, no, drugs, no alcohol, three sixty five, and yeah. I remember some of the younger alumni were like, "Do you know you're in Wisconsin?" Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, like what are, you, what are you doing? You know, and to be honest with you, like that was a point of like conflict, like in yeah. terms of having to having to overcome some of that. And so, right, you know, ultimately, you know, some people got on board, some didn't. You mm -hmm. know, but the reality is, like we we ran a like we ran a clean show. You know, and, yeah, and for sure. I, um, I hope I hope benefited from that. Um, I know that you know, uh, seeing how that some of those guys matured throughout the process, not necessarily just because of that rule or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it was, it was cool to see some of those guys mature and, you know, but it, it, it was a definitely a different relationship from, from a lot of those guys. They didn't just pay. Hey, all right. Coach Chuck's greatest things in sliced bread. We're ready. Yeah. Go. I mean, it was, it was a much longer process mm -hmm. to win them over. And, you know, and the reality is I probably didn't win all of them over, you know, mm -hmm. during that time. Um, there was definitely some guys that, that disagreed with things and, and whatnot. But I, I think that you would also, if you asked any of those guys, they'd also say, Hey, you know, coach Chuck worked, worked really hard. You know, mm -hmm. all, you know, maybe we disagreed with this or that, you know, but um, overall we were looking for the best of the program and, and longevity of the program. And we did some good things, but yeah, we had some, man, we had some cool kids in there and yeah, some, for sure. Good guys. And, yeah, I was well aware of, of your guys together with uh with their camp in the summer and yeah, and good times for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously you get in there and uh, you know just just looking at the you know the stats and your years there, obviously you kept the ship rolling pretty good. Um, so let's talk about that first season though. Uh, you know your first uh, you get the team trophy in Hershey, PA, uh, with Whitewater. Um, obviously you had that experience at Augsburg with that success at the national level, but now you're the head coach. So, um, just talk about that, that team trophy as a head coach and, and what it meant, um, just that whole experience that weekend. Yeah. So, you know, with any national tournaments, you're going to have, you know, incredible highs and, and some unfortunate lows, you know, um, I felt like, to be honest with you, I felt like we underperformed, um, a little bit. Uh, I thought we, we lost some key matches that really would have put us, you know, at the top. I, I really think we had a team that could have won it, um, mm -hmm. no doubt. Um, and so that was disappointing that way. Um, but, you know, part of part of all those things we just talked about, some of those conflicts, some of those things, like, you know, when you're not kicking on all cylinders, you know, those type of things can happen a little bit more, you know, or probably a little more likely to happen. But mm -hmm. but it was, a, it was a cool time, man. We had some had some great wins and, and, you know, walking out of there, I think we had five all Americans, maybe something like that. I mean, that was a, that was a, that was a good, that was a good mark of, Hey, what, what's to come and what, we, what we will be able to do in the future. Like I said, and it was next day, Hey, back to work, you know? Um, but, but yeah, it was a, it was a good year when, you know, the, the doing, being in the finals for the national duels was really neat. Um, that was cool. Uh, again, a match for, you know, I had an opportunity to, to, to knock off Wartburg 
um, there. And, and yeah, we, we slipped just ever so slightly, but we had mm-hmm. some really good wins in there. I remember, you know, our 84 pounder, Ryan Abrahamian beating Peterson at that, in that duel, that was a, that was a huge win within that duel, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, and so we had some really, really good wins in there, but yeah, unfortunately we, uh, we dropped a couple too. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in wrestling that happens, man, especially, uh, you know, and especially at the national tournament too, so many, upsets at the division three level we've talked about this on this show but you know just how they see the top eight guys and you know but it's the top 18 guys in the country and you could draw a returning all-american first round um you know so it's just uh it's a wild tournament i know jason bryant he talks about this a lot too it it is pure pandemonium i mean you just don't you don't know who's going to show up You, you know you can look at the seeds but you just throw the seeds out because anyone can win that weekend it's who shows up yeah, I, yeah, that's one of the unfortunate things about the tournament and the way they set that up. I mean, it's, you know, there's definitely some, you know, some brackets you look back at and you're like, why, how do they not have that, you know, <laughs> speak it that way? But like you said, when you don't seed it out, it's, it's, uh, you, you create those matches, right? I mean, I think every year that I was there, then uh, at least one number one seed went down. Yeah, um, right. Fortunately, you know, you know, for me at Heidelberg, my, my first All-American at Heidelberg took out, you know, one of the number one seeds right away. Yeah. And, and I just remember that his mentality at the time was, too, he, when seeds came out, he's like, all right, coach, ready for an upset. And I'm like, let's do it, you know, and, and just mm-hmm. being, being excited about it. But it is it is a crazy tournament that way. It's it's a lot of fun. For sure. Yeah. So, and then, uh, I'll ask you another big highlight. You uh, coaching Jordan Newman while you're out there, really – really special individual you know he won two ncaa titles and now he's doing big things on the mma circuit uh with bellator just talk about uh you know jordan a little bit and and coaching him and and what made him uh what made him so special essentially yeah he really was a special kid um you know his his mentality and his work ethic and just his skill set um his background you know he's got he's got a really cool story but but ultimately, you know, he was one of those guys in the room I had to be different with a little bit, um, not because of, you know, hey, any shortcomings or anything like that he had. But the reality is, I, you know, he was just so physical, like, like he was just so physical and and really, you know, it's his number one concern probably was not the health and safety of other people that he wrestled. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so. um you know, so we had to be really smart about who we rotated in and, you know, and, and I was thankful to have, you know, coaching staff that could really help out with, with that as well. Um, one of the guys I know you know really well, Anthony Agrin and Jason Russell, who's now, you know, coaching at Thomas Moore. Those guys were huge and, you know, being able to work out with them on a consistent basis and mix it in with the other guys. Because um, he was just so physical, so strong. But um, but he, one of the things I think he he really did well that maybe was overlooked is because they saw how strong he was, right? And he's got some good speed, you know, it really helped. But he, he trained really smart. And, um, you know, he was able to analyze the things that he needed to work on and forget the rest. You know, he didn't. He didn't overanalyze. He never got in a level of self-doubt. Um, it was just a continuous building him up, helping him see how successful he was, and you know, and really just every day just building off of that. Um, and he feeded off that really well. Um, you know, he but he took he took his other parts of his, his training really seriously too. You know, what he was doing with his his strength training, what he was doing with nutrition, those things were really important to him. It wasn't something that he was just going to kind of let slide. And so. 
very, very unique kid, but man, he was fun to coach, man. It was just, it was so cool knowing that, you know, he'd go out there and, you know, I'm, I'm typically probably a little, I lean on the side, a little bit more animated coach. Um, I get pretty excited, you know, but you know, for him, uh, it was a little bit different that I knew that I didn't want him to get tight and tensed up. You know, he wrestled with a lot of, you know, he wrestled with a lot of emotion and in, in terms of like just being fierce, you know, and mm-hmm. really, and so when you're doing that, when you're trying to, you know, put people down hard, like he did, you know, sometimes you can tend to tighten up a little bit and, and uh, slow yourself down. And so, you know, me in the corner there was a little bit different in terms of, Hey, relax, stay loose, you know, just those kind of those comments to him and, and uh, really just enjoy it. Go out there and watch him enjoy, you know, tearing people up. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Uh, even during, um, it was definitely very interesting too, because during his second, um, national title run he spent most of the year up at 197 um and you know you talk about how big he looks like he didn't look like a small 197 pounder and then postseason comes around it's like whoa his kid's back down at 184 um was that something always as like in the back of your mind like he's gonna go back down or was that more of like as the season went on hey like we're you know it was like kind of together all correlated yeah, so we just wanted the opportunities for weight certifications, right? So um, we made sure he got certified at 84 um, earlier in the year, but there really there really wasn't much intention to, to do that, um, you know, throughout the course of the year. We knew he was going to have success no matter what weight he went. Uh-huh. It, was really a, it was really a team decision. Um, you know, we really felt like we had multiple guys that could be All-Americans, you know, and so we did that shift. You know, we had guys like Nick Stencil, who ended up being an All-American uh, the year after I left. He dropped down Nick Bonomo, who, you know, same deal, like him getting a national tournament and dropping him down to 65. So we made a whole shift with with him going down to 65, um, Nick Stencil going down to 74, him down. And, and 197, we were going to put in Riley Kozlarik, who, you know, we knew was going to, you know, really contend. That was a really tough region at 197, but we knew he could go with those guys. And we knew if he did, he was, he was going to be in a good spot to be an All-American. And so we just had, we, we, we made the shift thinking, Hey, we got an opportunity here to get, you know, you know, some really, some really strong firepower across the weight, you know, across the way, you know, Riley ended up taking third the next year, but he wasn't able to compete. Unfortunately at regionals, he came down with, you know, some illness. So like it was pneumonia or something like that. Oh, wow. So he wasn't able to compete. So I was like, man. And then we lost Austin Cortulo, who was the two seed in the region that had a heck of a year at 149. And so that was just a tough, I mean, just a tough re- pill to swallow going into regionals postseason. We made that move and things were, you know, we felt really good about it. And then we, we lost out on two of our guys that we thought were, you know, just had a ton of potential. And so that was tough. That was hard to, hard to swallow, but it wasn't something like, Hey, we're planning on doing this all year long. Um, right. We, we wanted to see, we don't want, we, I wouldn't make a decision like that early in the year either, just because you want to see how guys are adjusting, adapting to weight. Um, you just never know how much bigger somebody's going to get or how their body's going to mature. And so um, it was, it was kind of a unique situation. I thought it was the right move. I still do. It just unfortunate that, you know, we lost one guy to, you know, skin checks and another to an illness that were, you know, really good, really good dudes. So. Yeah. Tough. Well, well, I mean, but like you said, looking back on it, uh, I mean, if you look at the results now, I mean, that really was like a murderous row. I mean, you know, a lot of those guys got on the podium the year after, but I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's a heck of a lineup for sure going. <laughs> yeah. Those. So uh, yeah. no doubt that totally makes sense to me. Um, all right, great. So, 
uh, kind of wrapping up here now as we uh, talk about, uh, you know, now your latest move. We touched it on earlier in the podcast, but um, you're at West Point now. Um, you know, you were the head coach at Whitewater, a very, very established and good program. Um, did you feel that you wanted to uh, test the Warriors in Division One, or was that always something in the back of your mind that you wanted to eventually coach at the D1 level? What, what, what was the biggest process for you to make that move to coach? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, in terms of the always back in my mind, I think it probably was probably in the back of my mind, but it really was just, you know, back there. It wasn't something that was actively like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm pursuing. I really like what was going on at Whitewater. You know, um, we had a lot of success there. It was fun, we, you know, knocking Warburg off in a duel, you know, early in the year, one year. And, I mean, just you could tell, like, hey, we're, we're, we're making it happen here. We're, we're on the rise, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so from that regard, it, there was really no like, Hey, um, just not liking where I'm at or anything like that, you know, or, or I need to make a transition cause something's not feeling right or anything like that. Um, I, I felt great about what we were doing and, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, we were having a good time and, um, it was a great place to live. Whitewater is a great town. Um, you know, a, a lot like my, my upbringing. And so it was a good fit that way. We had some incredible alumni, um, you know, that was during Willie Myers is a, just a historic coach there that, you know, you talk to any alumni during his time and they just talk about how amazing he was and how the big of an impact coach Myers had on their life. And so a lot of those guys came, went on to be really generous. And I mean, very, very generous, uh, in terms of what they were you know willing to do to help support our program to win a national championship financially. And so, um, you know, it was one of those things, unfortunately I was teaching and coaching, you know, I was 50% teaching, 50% coaching in that position at Whitewater, which wasn't, for me, that was a big goal of mine to really build all my time to develop in the program. That was an important step. I wanted to be a 100% coaching. And, uh, you know, we had we had made some arrangements to, to make that happen. And a big part of that dealt with, you know, bringing in fundraise dollars. Um, we, uh, we exceeded that uh, greatly, uh, thanks to the generosity of of some of those alumni that were just phenomenal, um, you know, and, and the, and the switch didn't happen. And so, um, you know, really when I found the switch wasn't happen, that, that was, that was a little bit, that was a little bit tougher to find than I, that, that opened up a little bit of a door, right. It opened up a door for me to, okay, well, um, that's not ideal. <laughs> you know, that's not, yeah, yeah. Not, that wasn't quite a part of my plan. And, and so, um, it was fortunate, I was fortunate to, you know, be connected with somebody else, uh, that we had mutual connections with coach Ward. And, um, you know, there was a couple other jobs that were out there that, that I had applied for as well. And, and, you know, and, and unlike the first time I reached out to assistant coaches, this time I had some interest and I actually got some calls back. So that was cool. That's <laughs> that was good. Great. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I, had, so I had a few opportunities and, and um, you know, once I came out here and got a chance to, to see what was going on here at, at West Point, it was, it was, uh, it was just impressive. It was really cool to, to see what the team was doing and the success they have under Coach Ward's leadership, you know, in the short time that he's, he had been here. And just seeing, hey, the trajectory is is great. You know, I, I really felt like we could complement each other really well. You know, his background and my background, two-story programs, but you know, still differing in 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 ways that you know on how to get there. And so, it was really uh, you know one of those things where I was like, hey, it's, this is a this is a, a really cool opportunity for me to you know, and that's where maybe that back of the mind coaching at Division One, you know, came came a little bit to the front. 
and thought, hey, this is a this is probably an opportunity that I need to take for my family and and uh, we did. I mean, there was you know the back of the mind thing. You know, you know, I used to go to the Midlands tournament. You know, one year they didn't let Jordan Newman in the Midlands, and I was just like, you got to be kidding me. You know, like yeah, it was just, you know, it was just unbelievable that we couldn't get him in. And um, and so, but I'm like, I'm going down. Like I. I want to see some great wrestling, you know? And so I remember going down there and, and my work, working my way to the floor and just hanging out and watching, you know, uh, you know, one of the events. And it was, uh, it was just, I think one of those moments now looking back that, Hey, that was, that was the time for me that I kind of recognized a little bit of how much I, I enjoyed that level of wrestling and, and how I felt like, Hey, this is something I, I think I can help a program, you know, uh, win at this level as well. So yeah, and, and like you said, uh, it definitely seems like it was it was a great match. Uh, West Point, um, it has an amazing trajectory. You guys are doing amazing things there. The program is is uh, becoming a, a place that recruits are you know they don't have to do research for it. they they can see the proof and the results. Like hey, like this is a great institution, a great situation, but they also have a wrestling program that's serious. Um, so just talk just talk about those three years there, and uh, you know. Uh, what, what it's meant to you and, and, uh, and go and going forward. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been really cool to see how, you know, the guys here on the team, you know, what the different differences in terms of their lifestyle, you know, uh, compared to any of my past experiences, uh, the, the people that they get exposed to on the daily basis are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's, uh, it's really cool. And for me to be able to interact with them as well. Right. And we're talking about the best of the best in the entire world at what they do. Um, and these guys get exposed to them on a regular basis. And so it's really cool because, you know, at West Point, it's not just your teammates that are trying to help each other out. Right. Like it's the culture outside of it for school academically, like everybody's here to help them win, you know? Um, and so that's, that's, uh, I think a big part of, uh, just the overall success plan that you want for your athletes, no matter what program you're at, right? You want good things happen outside of the, the train with them. And this place just really, you know, leads to that in every single way that you can think of. And so from that regard, it's, it's really cool. Um, it was fun. You know, my first NCAA tournament, you know, being able to be, be down there and be on the floor and be in the corner, that was fun. You know, it was just, I mean, playing excitement and, you know, having some big upset wins, you know, early in the tournament, you know, we got in the pin and, you know, um, Ben Harvey beating McFadden, you know, um, yeah. make the round 12, like those things were, I mean, those were, those are just really fun moments. And uh, it was cool. Cleveland was a really cool, you know, uh, you know, place to have it. The cloud, the crowd was absolutely electric and, and all those moments. And so that was, uh, that was really fun. Um, but I mean, to be honest with you, it's, it's, again, it's those times of seeing what these guys are doing now, the guys that graduated the last two classes and what they're, you know, what they're going on to do um, and hearing the stories of alumni that have been here and what they've done in their careers um, is absolutely phenomenal. I'm really excited tomorrow we have a golf outing. And so I'm going to, I'll get to hear some more of those stories about what they've done nice. after their time. But, but uh, it's, it's been, uh, it's been cool. And our trajectory of our future, you mentioned the recruiting, you know, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot easier to recruit when, yeah, you've, you've shown the results. You've shown that you're a top 15, you know, team in the country. And so um, I think uh, it's a little bit more visible now. Uh, for people and and hey, we're working hard towards it and we're we're you know talking to kids that that want to be national champions and and you know and for us that's you know that's the that's the ultimate uh, performance goal that we're shooting for and so 
um, we're having success with our recruiting because of that. And uh, I'm, I'm just really excited about what we have to come. We got, we got some, we got some hammers. We got some hammers this year. And, and uh, we, we uh, graduated some guys this year that were staples for us for a while. And now uh, we have new guys stepping in that we're really excited about. Yeah. And I know for me as a, as a college wrestling fan too, I'm very excited for the future Navy and army battles, especially with coach Cole at coming in and, bringing that new staff over to the Naval Academy. Um, and with the staff you guys have, I know uh, I know you guys are going to put, put together a good show when, when those teams come together. And Navy, Army, it doesn't matter what sport, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a battle. So uh, Always. It's, it should Always. be fun. Um, yeah. So awesome. And uh, uh, for our final uh, point that we always like to bring up, obviously uh, you're at the division level right now, but I just we always like to hear a uh, perspective of uh, – you know, what division three wrestling and uh, really athletics means to you being around it for so much and just a little testimonial piece of just, uh, just talking about your experience there. Yeah. I think of, uh, I think of division three a lot. Um, like how I want to run a program, you know, a blue collar mentality. Right. And I think division three really lends that really well. Um, it's uh, it's no frills, you know, in a lot of ways. And, um, and so from that perspective, I, I absolutely love my time in, in coaching division three. Um, I love the little battles you had to fight. I saw, you know, I saw a, a Twitter feed, uh, uh, go out not too long ago about, you know, um, somebody's explaining their, you know, talking to their division one athlete spouse that about, you know, Hey, who catered your meals, you know, and yeah. your division three program and I was seriously laughing so hard like my wife was was wondering what the heck was wrong I was literally laying on the ground laughing so hard reading some, <laughs> that's some funny. Posts of the differences between you know division one you know meals and and what you got at division three and so there's you know that that mentality is like there's so many like you know really just tough kids just tough kids from all kinds of really cool backgrounds you know, having having a kid from you know going to ten different high schools, you know, wrestling on your team, just having a tough upbringing to, you know, see him getting his grad school paid for and things like that. Like those things are are absolutely phenomenal. Um, that you know, I, I think you know, I'm sure Division One has those stories. Our stories here are different, um, just because of the experiences that these guys get. But I think uh, you know, a lot of times. Uh, people from just a division one perspective would tell you that like, Oh, Hey, that's just, you know, you can go to division three if you want, you know, like if you're not serious, right. That's really what they're assuming. And, and I, I just couldn't think there's anything further from the truth. I mean, I think ultimately, um, you know, those guys are all serious, you know, Hey, maybe they haven't had quite the success academic or athletically yet that some of the recruits coming into division one have, but the the love and the care and the passion for the sport they're paying you know individuals you're paying you got no athletic money you're paying yeah. to do sport that you love to do and so you think you just look at that perspective it's it's really cool to know that hey the guys you're working with on a daily basis as a division three coach mm-hmm. are paying to be in your room right now <laughs> you know it's like yeah in division one that doesn't happen you know, our guys they're getting paid to be here you know like yeah, yeah. so from yeah you know, it's different, you know, and so um, I think the, the the expectations as a coach, you know, that you have, I think just just breed through. If you coach with a you know a mediocre, you know, uh, mentality, that's what you're going to get out of your athletes mm-hmm. at the division level. I mean, we have there are some phenomenal division three coaches. I mean, 
absolutely phenomenal coaches that are, sure. you know, I love battling with. I loved, love seeing what they were doing and learning from them. And I'll still learn from those guys because, you know, yeah. um, they have a lot to offer and a lot to give. Um, I'm thankful that I got an opportunity here. It's a good fit for me to move on to Division One, But when I say move on, it's not like, oh, hey, now I'm in this better spot. You know, yeah. like it's not a better spot that I'm at Division One and instead of Division Three. It's a good fit for who I am and 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 the program I'm a part of. But you know, Division Three is just absolutely incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, I I've looked forward to uh, you know the opportunity to see some of my guys that are now you know coaching coaching programs there and um, you know to see them continue to build. But I would I would just encourage all all Division three athletes and coaches just to have high expectations for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. get the most out of yourselves and, and push and, and pursue greatness. And if you do that, great things are going to happen. But this idea that you know, hey, Division three is some lower level of whatever, um, I yeah. think is absolutely is absolutely ludicrous. You know, there's yeah. gonna, there are differences, but um, you know, if you want to look at performance stuff, we have plenty of guys in Division Three that have gone to do really well, you know, internationally and, and whatnot that, you know, would, would uh, help debunk that stuff too, right? So um, very grateful for my time in Division Three. It was really cool. Awesome, awesome. Coach. Well, we, we appreciate that you taking the time. Uh, I know you guys got some workouts coming up, but um, best of luck to you guys. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll all be back in a coaching corner soon at whatever competition. So good luck this season, Coach. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of D3 Nation. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at D3 Nation Podcast, and on our Anchor page, anchor.fm backslash coachbondx2. D3 Nation is currently streaming on eight platforms. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a review to help promote the show. Appreciate your help, and let's continue to grow Division Three wrestling.